Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Purple Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Phil Mackey here from Score North, and thank you for listening to this special episode of the Purple Podcast. This is from a watch along on Wednesday night, just a few hours after the official NFL signing period for free agents opened up and our guys Rami Maklov, Manny Hill and Danny Cunningham, uh, noted Cleveland Browns fan Danny Cunningham uh, they sat and watched NFL news pour in throughout the evening on Wednesday, reacted to Vikings related items and also uh, had some fun discussions about the Vikings and NFL themed things throughout the show. So thank you for listening. If you're looking for the best and most insightful and entertaining Vikings coverage in written form, podcast form and video form, scorenorth.com is a great hub. That's S K O R North.com. Or you can follow any of our social media accounts at score North and that's Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Now on to the podcast. The Browns you, got Odell Beckham, man. Have you worn a Browns? <laughs> the Browns got Odell Beckham. Manny, you've worked here with him since he's arrived. Has yeah. he worn a Browns shirt before today? I don't. I think this is the first time I've seen Danny Wrong. wear anything Cleveland Browns. Wrong. I wore one for All, the Super Bowl watch along. Yeah, that's right. I yeah, wore a Browns right. shirt for the Super Bowl watch along. Right. Why catch. would you do that? The Super Bowl and the Browns have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> Next year they do. <laughs> Danny has been walking around Score North headquarters all day. I tweeted this out about an hour and a half ago. All day. He's just been saying, the Browns got Odell. The Browns got Odell. I was sitting in, in one of our prep rooms just <laughs> they got doing, Odell, some, man. doing some work on the computer, and Danny walks into a room, and he's just got this big smile on his face. And he goes, Manny, the Browns got Odell. <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts laughing and then just walks out of the room. I don't it's blame fantastic. him though. I don't with the the futility and the struggles that he's had really his entire life. Because you're what 25, Danny? Yeah, l- literally my entire life. Literally his have, entire life. The, the Browns have been a source of pain and anguish been, for Danny Cunningham. And finally, for once, they're they're a, a, a source of good energy and positivity and something to be optimistic about. So as as annoying as he is, and he's plenty annoying. <laughs> I don't blame him for walking around the way he's been walking around Score North headquarters. The today. fact that the fact that Danny is so Danny's twenty five, so you're born, you're going to turn twenty six this year, right? Correct. So, so you were born in nineteen ninety three. Correct. The August last 16th. time, the last time the Cleveland Browns were like good, like really good, like legit playoff could go on a run. Good was nineteen ninety four with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban on that staff, and they were terrific on defense. 
and I think they went 11 and five and got to the second round of the playoffs that year. But like Danny was a year old, a year a old, a year old, one year like old, a toddler. The last time the Cleveland Browns were like legitimately relevant as a contender. In the Yesterday NFL. was arguably the biggest Browns moment of my entire life. Like yesterday, <laughs> I believe it. Yesterday might have overshadowed when they announced the team was going to come back. I believe it, it. might have been that big. I 100% believe there it. have been three seasons since I've been on this earth that the Browns have finished above 500. Yesterday was bigger than all of them combined. Yeah, no, this is much bigger than any. They got o- they got Odell Beckham. Okay, settle down a little bit. Okay, I, I haven't stopped smiling for like 23 hours and 40 ish minutes right now. <laughs> I think this does raise an interesting conversation though about when you. To tie this in with the Vikings, when you look at where the Vikings are at and where the Cleveland Browns are at, now the Browns have been, they've been basically irrelevant, you know, across the landscape of the NFL in terms of being good and and being a conversation about being legitimately a a contender forever. Um, And then you look at the Vikings that are basically a season removed from being in the NFC championship game. But you also have to look at both of these teams and and really ask, and I think it's a legitimate question one way or the other, however you may feel, which situation would you prefer to have? Because on paper, it looks like the Vikings are closer to contending for a Super Bowl, but you look at where they're at with their cap situation right now, it does kind of make you wonder. And then you look at the Browns, they're making all these moves, they're trading for Odell Beckham, and they, they signed Sheldon Richardson, who was with the Vikings last year. And they've got this young, up-and-coming, exciting quarterback that's going to be on a cheap contract for the next couple of years. You you do have to ask the question of which position would you rather be in? Which situation would you rather have? And we know in this league, things can turn around very, very quickly. Yeah. The Browns were one in, what, one in 36? One in 31 the past two the seasons. The past two seasons. Yeah. And... I don't know how close they are to going to a Super Bowl in 2019. I know Danny believes that they are, but I mean they're as close as what February 4th it is, I think. So <laughs> it's like 300 days away. But Seriously, but you do we might have to kick him out at some point. <laughs> but I think you do have to look at where the Browns are at and and believe that they do have something cooking right now, especially picking up Odell Beckham Jr. And you you do have to ask the question of which situation would you rather have? I think the biggest difference in the Browns being able to afford to do this isn't necessarily the draft capital that they had or the assets that they had built up. It's that they've got their franchise quarterback and he's on a rookie contract. Kirk Cousins is the guy that the Vikings believe is the franchise quarterback. He's on a three-year, $84 million guaranteed deal. That's the difference. The Vikings can't go out and spend that money. They don't have that money to spend. Right. The Browns entered this offseason with the third most amount of cap space and their franchise guy making pennies on the dollar for what he's actually worth. That's where the biggest difference lies. It's not, a, it's not oh, well, these guys are so much more talented or, or whatever because entering this offseason, the Vikings had more talent than the Browns. The mm-hmm. Browns' talent was younger than the Vikings, but the biggest difference is the Browns' quarterback isn't making nearly the amount of money that Kirk Cousins is making. So they can go, they can afford to go out and get all of these excellent skill players to put around them. They can build an awesome defensive line with Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson stealing him away from the Vikings. They can do that because they've got the money because they're not paying a quarterback right now. Yeah, and what this is, and as Manny pointed out, this can happen very, very fast, but Mm -hmm. it's one organization where the window is just opening up now and another organization where the window 
is starting to close as far as your your chance at winning a Super Bowl. And that window usually coincides with what you're paying your quarterback. Yeah. What and which is weird because it's a quarterback driven league. So you would think once you sign that quarterback to a long term extension, now you have some security and your your organization should be good to go for, for a while, but really it starts the clock on how long yeah. you have to win once you give that quarterback that big contract because an NFL an NFL team's salary is basically a pie chart. And when a quarterback takes twenty five or thirty percent of that pie, it limits where you can allocate your other money and resources on the roster. So the Vikings, by paying Kirk Cousins, they started to sort of shut the window a little bit mm-hmm. on, on their contention. And the Browns, with Baker Mayfield still on a rookie contract and a roster just filled with playmakers who were in their early to mid-20s, the window has, is just opening up for them. And it's wide open because you really don't see teams able to line up their core with in, in a similar age range the way yeah. that the Browns have done, and certainly not with the group of guys that are in their early to mid-20s. I mean, this is a wide-open window now for the Browns while the window is sort of starting to close a little bit on the Vikings. They're essentially trying to model themselves after what the Seattle Seahawks did mm-hmm. when yeah. they went to those Super Bowls and won one of them. And Russell Wilson was on a rookie contract. That's why they could afford to pay everyone else and look at what those teams have become now because Russell Wilson is making a chunk of change that he just wasn't making before, and that's the biggest difference. And the Vikings, when you look at where the Vikings are at right now, the Vikings are still a very good team, and I think they go into 2019 with, I think, as good an opportunity to win their division and and make some noise in the playoffs as, as anybody else in the NFC North. But when you look at where they're at financially right now, and we have been having conversations about them having to let go of key players, players that have been a huge part of the success that they've had under Mike Zimmer the last, you know, the last handful of years. You know, Sheldon Richardson was just here for the one year, but he had to be let go. They had to let him go, and we're having conversations about, you know, what are they going to do with Everson Griffin? Is he going to be back? Are they going to restructure? Kyle Rudolph, what's going to happen with him? Um, you know, trade rumors about Xavier Rhodes, you know, Trey Waynes, where, what's going to happen with him? Is there enough money for them to go out and, and upgrade on the offensive line? There's all these questions with the Vikings, even though they are in a good position to contend in 2019. You look at a situation like the Browns, we're not looking at them and saying, how many key players are they going to have to let go? Mm-hmm. How many key players off of a team that won seven games last year? How many of those guys are they going to have to cut loose to try and but don't to get try and twisted. upgrade their roster? We will get to that point with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, eventually. absolutely! It's years off, and because the, the Baker Mayfield, Mayfield is going to have to exactly. get paid eventually, mm-hmm. and they're going to be faced with the same sort of situation. If they don't the end up in that situation, things went terribly wrong because yeah. that means that Baker Mayfield yeah. wasn't good enough to get that big contract. Yeah. When this one runs out. So you, Danny should be hoping right now that in a few years, the Browns have the same problems that the Vikings are having right now, where you have to make some tough decisions after you pay your quarterback big bucks. Um, let's real quick catch people up. Maybe they've been in work all day and they're just tuning in to the watch along here on scorenorth.com and across all our social media platforms at score north um, on what is going on with the Vikings. Most people probably know by now, if you're a Vikings fan, Anthony Barr, didn't about face yesterday goes from the Vikings or from the Jets back to the Vikings after they had a deal in place between the two parties. 
And since then, it's it's been sort of a shell game of where is the money going to come from yeah. to sign Anthony Barr and do everything else you're trying to do in free agency and eventually the draft. So today, Courtney Cronin reported that the team has already been in discussions with Everson Griffin about a restructure, and it sounds like they basically told him restructure or walk. They have until Friday before his $10 million contract is guaranteed. Uh, Trey Waynes, Ian Rappaport, reported that teams have been uh, contacting the Vikings to gauge whether or not Trey Waynes will be available on the trade market, and Kyle Rudolph is still wondering why nobody has called him and offered to restructure his contract and has essentially said, I have no leverage in these negotiations, and I want to play the rest of my days here. Somebody should call me and ask me to restructure, but nobody has. And as far as we know, that's still the case if Kyle Rudolph is telling the truth. So there, there, there's some money. There's another shoe to drop at some point. There's going to be some money shed some way, whether it's Everson Griffin or Kyle Rudolph or trading Trey Waynes. Some money has to come off the books here in the next couple of days for the Minnesota Vikings. No. But it- no, go ahead, Here's go ahead, one of my questions, because now that the league year is actually started and we're almost four hours into it, how do you guys feel after everything that's happened about the Vikings' chances of winning the NFC North compared to what's happened with them and what's happened everywhere else in the division so far in free agency? I'd still put them ahead of the Lions mm-hmm. if we're just looking at the these, New England Lions these teams on paper. They're, just, they're yeah. trying to become the Patriots, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but they won't because no. Matt oh, Patricia no. is not Bill Belichick. What a joke, yeah. Um, we all need to make sure we're sitting up straight, by I the way. I think they're... That's true. Hold on one yeah, second. Should we just sit up straight? Yeah. yeah. How do I look? Our I posture's did, I did actually check my posture on the uh, video <laughs> feed, and it's terrible. There is no help. There's. Shoulder, I have no Shoulders help. back, guys, too. Shoulders back? Does that... Does that, you that's don't not, want to slouch. But that's not comfortable, though. I'm supposed to sit here not, like this? Like, is, this is, supposed is to, proper posture comfortable? No. This is supposed to be my whole life? This yeah. is how I'm always supposed to sit? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Here, yeah. I, I have a solution. That's Phil Mackey, that disembodied voice you hear over there. We'll now it's that. dark. Uh, Turn the light off, yeah. Now it's creepy. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, you asked me where they yeah. where they fall in the uh, division. I I'd still have them ahead of the Lions. Um any team with Aaron Rodgers scares me, and I know he hasn't been Aaron Rodgers for a couple of seasons, partly due to injury and partly because everything just went wrong for Green Bay last year. But Aaron Rodgers alone, to me, puts the Packers ahead of the Vikings, and they've been pretty active in free agency. Yeah, they've which had a, a big couple of days. Unpacker-like, but that was in the Ted Thompson era. Yes, We're now in the Gutekunst era, so things have changed up in Green Bay. And I still got to say, and this is tinted with a bit of my Bear fandom, but I, I, I still think I can objectively say that this is the Bears' division to lose at this point, can't we? I don't know if I would say that, but that's because I'm not a believer in Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Um, I think that if I'm going to say it's someone's division to lose, I'm with you on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Like, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football, and if I trust someone to go out and win a division despite them not doing it the past two years, he's going to be that guy. So if I have to say it's someone's to lose, I would say the Packers, but I'm even hesitant. I'm hesitant to say that it's anyone's to lose, really. I think the Vikings have... As I said before, I think they have as good a chance as anybody else in the division. But Vikings have to be careful here because they're a team that was 8-7-1 and one in 2018 and they missed the playoffs. And when you look at the team that won the division, the Chicago Bears, while they haven't made huge splashes in free agency, they've they've been active. And they went and got Cordero Patterson 
and we know that Matt Nagy is a creative offensive mind and you know Trubisky I have I'm I'm with Danny I have my reservations about Trubisky but I don't have a whole lot of reservations about Matt Matt Nagy in being able to put Trubisky in situations where he can have success and giving him weapons to throw to and getting creative with a Cordero Patterson perhaps you know the the Bears got I think the Bears got a little bit better by adding Cordero Patterson. It made, you know, how much better did they get? That remains to be seen, but I think they did get a little bit better. The Packers, I think, have gotten better with what they've done. The Vikings, I don't know if the Vikings have gotten better yet. Now, it's still early, and there's still a lot of lot of moves that can be made and a lot of decisions and, you know, different signings that could potentially happen, and we obviously still have the draft coming up. But the only thing that the Vikings have done is they've retained Anthony Barr, mm-hmm. and they brought back Shamar Stefan to basically fill the the void that Sheldon Richardson ended up leaving when he signed with the Cleveland Browns. So the Vikings are not in a bad situation. I don't think they've gotten worse, but I don't think that they've gotten better yet. And they're going to have to, I think for a team that was basically a 500 team in 2018 and didn't make the playoffs, they're going to have to do some something this offseason, and I know the money is limited, but they've got to do something this offseason because the other teams in the division are are making moves and trying to, you know, put themselves in position to, to win this division as well. I think that the and if you want to chime in on this, you can go ahead and tweet us at Score North or just comment in the chat room on our uh, on our Twitch stream if you want to get in on the conversation of how would you stack up the NFC North three days into uh, the NFL free agency frenzy bonanza. I think the Bears and the Vikings sort of find themselves in similar situations, but for different reasons. They're both counting on improvement from within Mm -hmm. in a a lot of ways for whatever jump or whatever step forward they take next year. The Vikings, I think, are expecting improvement from within because they had a lot of guys who were either injured or underperformed last year's, mm-hmm. but veterans who were either injured or underperformed last year. The Bears, they're looking for improvement from within because they got a, a lot of young guys who are still developing, who the arrow is still pointing up for them, and they're a year into Matt Nagy's system, a year into Allen Robinson being there, a year into Trey Burton being there, and those guys getting acclimated, getting that rhythm with Mitch Trubisky, who goes into his second year in the system. So they're looking at it as a young team who has a year in that offensive system already, so they should improve a lot just from the players that they already have on their roster progressing and, and being more comfortable in the system. The Vikings are looking for improvement from within from guys who were either injured or underachieved last year, that but I think both those years, teams yeah. are looking at it as if we're going to get a lot better, it's going to happen here in this building and not guys who we bring in from the outside. I am really fascinated to see, and Manny brought this up, with Cordell Patterson going to Chicago. I'm really interested to see how Matt Nagy and the Bears' offense is going to utilize him. Because I think that when he was here, he probably wasn't used correctly. I no. think we could all agree upon that. And not at all. New England kind of uncovered it, but I still think that there's more there. I still think that you can get more out of him than the Patriots even did. And I'm fascinated to see what a creative offensive mind in Matt Nagy, which I truly believe him to be, can do. I, I, I really think that it's going to be exciting to watch him on the field for the Bears. And I do think, to the Vikings' credit, there is something to watch for them in terms of an off an offseason move they've made that's not a player. Like, you could look at this Gary Kubiak hire and the people that he's – 
brought on board, whether it's Clint Kubiak to help with the quarterbacks and, you know, Dennison to, for, for the offensive line, you can view that as an offseason acquisition as well to help the offense. We know the offense struggled, especially the second half of the season, and it led to John DeFilippo being being fired, and Kevin Stefanski had to sort of take things over on, on the fly, and Stefanski's back and as the offensive coordinator. So they needed to make improvements on offense, and Rami, to your point about you know improvement from within, you know it might have to be a situation where there's improvement on the offensive line from within because the, the offensive scheme is going to change and you're maybe putting guys in a better position to, to have success. And, you know, you hope that a Pat Elfline can have a bounce back year because he can, you know, go into camp healthy and, and have a sort of a full off season to get himself ready. And this, you know, the, the system that they're going to be running, the scheme they're going to be running is probably going to be a better fit for Pat Elfline. So it just makes Pat Elfline a better offensive lineman. And, I think if you're the Vikings, that's what you have to hope for. So you could look at the hiring of Gary Kubiak as an off an off season acquisition on offense. It, it's in some ways it is kind of like signing a free agent and hoping that that free agent makes your offense better. But we, how much impact can that realistically have? Because yeah. at the end of the day, yes, coaching matters in the NFL. But the players matter more. Yeah. I mean, good coaches can only do so much. You do need talent, too. A guy I worked with for a long time, uh, played running back for the Packers in the 80s, Gary Ellerson. Mm-hmm. He would always say, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the, it's about and the, the pros and the Joes. <laughs> and he's 100% right. But yeah. I think, I really, I I believe that if there's one unit that can most be helped from coaching, it's usually offensive line. Mm-hmm. And knowing how to use those guys and really utilize their strengths. And if you have an offensive line that's mobile, getting them out on the edge and and pulling those guards and centers out to the edge. And if you have an offensive line that's a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, stagnant, guys who aren't that mobile, you have to find ways to scheme to, to, to put them in the best position to protect Kirk Cousins and open up some lanes for your running backs. Did, did, did you answer the question that you posed to me about how you would stack up the division right now? Yeah. Because I would we say already, it's... Uh, we already talked about it. I said I don't feel as if it's anyone's to lose. Okay, so I got it as Bears, Packers, Vikings. And I have Packers and Vikings is very close, and the Lions are still... I, I would probably the have the Packers on top just because they've got the best player at the most important position. I will say, if, if Aaron Rodgers is back to being Aaron Rodgers, um, which I'm a big believer that he eventually will get back to that point, then mm-hmm. they it, it probably would be their division to lose. Would you agree, Manny? Yeah, I think if he's at the top of his game and I think when if if all of the the moves that they've made on the defensive side and they went and got some pass rushers now if if those moves pay off I think the Packers are in well good position to to be as as good as anybody in this division and they've got they've got Aaron Rodgers, they've got a guy who is when he's healthy, he is the best player in the division. So, I mean, they they have that going for them, and you know, you've got they've got a new head coach who's bringing in a new sort of vision, new ideas, and it it could be it could be a really good season. I do them. think it goes deeper than the injuries for Aaron Rodgers, though. When we talk about the drop off in his production the last couple of years, that knee wasn't right for probably about no. six seven weeks after he hurt it in the Bears I game would last year. Say longer than that, maybe, probably. and maybe even longer than that. Yeah, but it. The issues with him and Mike McCarthy 
I think became too much to overcome, and, I, and I that, think that we, uh, fractured relationship became too much to overcome. I think we'll see a very re-energized Aaron Rodgers this fall. I was just going to say now. Now it depends on whether or not Lafleur is is the real thing. Well, and, regardless, and, and can re, re reinvigorate Aaron Rodgers. I think regardless of if Lafleur is the real thing in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is going to feel like he's got something to prove, and he's going to want to, ma- want yeah, but- to make it look like Mike McCarthy was the problem. So whether or not LaFleur is the real thing, yes, it matters a little bit, but Aaron Rodgers' mindset and his attitude matters that much more. And if that's in the proper area, then the Packers are that much more dangerous. I don't That mindset and that attitude that you're talking about, though, may be counterproductive when you talk about Aaron Rodgers because one of the questions that popped up about him last year as that relationship between him and Mike McCarthy fractured and broke down was how coachable is Aaron Rodgers? Mm-hmm. Is he so convinced that he's always the smartest guy in the room, which he probably is, but is he so convinced that he's always the smartest guy in the room that he can't take coaching, that he can't take teaching from his head coach, which I don't care how good you are and how much you've accomplished, you need to be able to be coached. And it seemed like at the end, and actually there were former teammates of his who were coming out and saying flat out blatantly that there were times where Mike McCarthy would call a play into the huddle and Aaron Rodgers would go, yeah, to hell with all that. Here's what we're actually going to do. Should have called a better play. But that's something you can't have your quarterback (laughs) doing. Sure you can. and and better plays. He might want to prove that Mike McCarthy was the problem, as you said, Danny, but and Aaron Rodgers is crazy if he doesn't know this or doesn't believe this. Aaron Rodgers came into this league an unfinished product. Oh, and, of course, and yeah. far, yeah. far from any sort of finished product. And Mike McCarthy sort of molded him into the quarterback that he is today. Not to take away the work that Aaron Rodgers put in to improve and, and being willing to be coached for the first part of his career mm-hmm. to get to the point that he got to. So he owes Mike McCarthy a lot of credit for his success. All yeah. good things must come to an end. But if Rodgers just isn't coachable at this point in his career because his ego has gotten to that point and he's just, like I said, convinced he's always the smartest guy in the room. Matt LaFleur could be Bill Belichick, and it's still not going to work. Tom Brady is coachable. Yeah, I I just wonder how much of the Aaron Rodgers not being coachable narrative just had to do with the fact that Mike McCarthy had just ran his, run his course there. You know what I mean? Because when the Packers... In earlier in Aaron Rodgers' career, when he first became the starter and they won the Super Bowl in 2010 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who was the MVP? He was. Where was the location? Uh, Cowboy Stadium. Good job. Jerry World. <laughs> it's 31-25 was the final score. Good Super Lord. Bowl 45. Do you remember what the coin toss was? Oh, Who performed at halftime? <laughs> That's the next thing you need to You need to learn <laughs> the halftime, halftime performance. Come on, Manny. Yeah. That's, Study yeah. up. That's the one. That's that's the one I'll start paying attention to. Yeah, but I, I I mean at at some point it you know the the Aaron Rodgers Mike McCarthy coach quarterback relationship worked, and there was no doubt at that time about is Aaron Rodgers coachable? Is this you know is he does he think he's the smartest guy in the room? I think this relationship that he's going to have with Matt Lafleur is. I think will tell us a lot because if we if we go into 2019 and we look into 2020 and they're you know they get to year two of this thing and we're still seeing you know and hearing some of the same rumblings then I think it'll be fair to really wonder but 
I, I, I'm just, I'm hesitant to, to roll with that narrative with Aaron Rodgers just because I look at the way that whole thing went and I just think that Mike McCarthy so saying, ran his, ran its course. And I saying, think that was the bigger problem with, with where they were at. You're saying you don't believe that he's just uncoachable in general. You think it was just the specific case I, of being coached by Mike McCarthy that had run its course. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to believe that narrative until we get further into because the, to the Matt LaFleur relationship. Some guys Rogers. do let success get to their head and then That's they, true. and then they're hard to coach. And I can give you an example that both Packers fans and Vikings fans know well, and that's Brett Favre, yeah. who it yeah. has has openly admitted that he became hard to coach late in his in his time with with the Packers and wasn't watching video as much as he wanted to. He just felt like I know everything, and what it took for him to be reengaged and start studying film and be open to being coached again when he got here to Minnesota was just sticking it to the Packers. That was his motivation to be coachable again. He just wanted to come to Minnesota and stick it to the Packers and make him regret letting him go. So it happened to Brett Favre, and it didn't matter if it was Mike Holmgren, if it was Mike Sherman, if it was Marty Mordenweg when he got to New York. Brett Favre was just not coachable for a while in his career there, in his career there because the success got to his head, and even he had admitted that late in his career. So... You might be right. It might just be that Mike McCarthy's message grew stale and, and that relationship grew stale. And truth be told, I don't I don't know if it right. if it was even that for sure. I just what I'm saying is I'm very hesitant to run with that narrative about right. Aaron no, Rodgers until we get a look at this situation, this new situation with Matt LaFleur. And if we start if we get halfway through the 2020 season and we're hearing the same rumblings that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like being coached and how good a leader is he, and all this stuff, and he's being second, continuing to be second guest. Then I think there's a there's more there's more there there. I guess I know that he's not on the same level as Aaron Rodgers, but do you guys have these concerns about Kirk Cousins and his coachability? No, not really. You no. guys have been around him more than I have, but that from from afar watching the Vikings before I came here, I never got that sense from Kirk Cousins. I did, the only thing I think that bugs me about Kirk Cousins is just the little you know the 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 spat with Thielen on the sidelines in week 17 against the Bears that stuff you don't I mean when you when you see that it's not it's not the first time we've seen a quarterback and wide receiver arguing on the sidelines we've seen that before we've no, seen Tom we Brady does it Tom, every week Tom Brady was arguing with Bill O'Brien on the sidelines you know many years ago when O'Brien was the offensive coordinator in New England we've seen that sort of thing before but it's not we, – we've never seen situations like that end positively for a team. You know what I mean? We've never – we've seen those situations. Now, we've seen players bounce back from that later on down the line. But when we see those things happen during a season, it usually means that things are not going well and things are not going the way, the way you want to go. So I think that – that concerned me seeing that. I think the – there was the there was the situation where he was cousins had the soundbite of him breaking down like his own fumbles and he was talking about how well these the fumble that I had you know where the ball was snapped to my right that's a different type of fumble than when I pitch it back to Dalvin and he doesn't catch it like do, we have to look at those types of fumbles we have to talk to analytics like that that kind of stuff 
to me just shows a sign of a guy that needs that needs to take more responsibility for his own shortcomings. And Kirk, Kirk is not a bad quarterback. I don't think anybody is saying that he's a bad quarterback, but I just think that there's he he needs to start taking a little bit more responsibility if he really wants to be able to lead this team to where everybody is expecting him to take them. Danny stopped li- listening halfway through whatever you were saying because they put Odell Beckham Jr. on then, the TV screen. And then Phil, who's and then, producing this yeah. for us. What did he show you? He, he showed, showed me something a tweet, which point. obviously means he wants it to become our next talking Of course, yeah. Here. Is Baker Mayfield a legitimate MVP candidate this oh, year, guys? Oh, God. <laughs> seriously? <laughs> yeah, seriously? I'm just following orders from the producer. Am I allowed to curse on here? Can I curse? Hey, you know what? The dude's got weapons. GTFOH. That's yeah. all I'll say. Well, he's here, got weapons. Here, here's what I will say to that, though. Why would you do this, Phil? Why, why would but, you but do you this? Know what, Phil, you know what, Phil, though, Rami? Phil is a big closet Baker Mayfield fan. Hey, listen. Not even, not even closet anymore. <laughs> let's, let's think about this for a second. Let's remember the 2018 most valuable player in the National Football League was Patrick Mahomes. What would you in have his said? second year in the National Football League. If on March 13th of 2018, I told you Patrick Mahomes was going to be the next NFL MVP, I think you would have had a similar reaction to the one you had. I was a big Patrick Mahomes guy when he was coming out in the draft. But oh, sure you were. Uh, no, I was. Yeah. I swear I was. Because yeah. um, he, he didn't. But I wouldn't, year, I wouldn't have pegged him as an MVP candidate well, in year two. We're pegging Baker Mayfield as one, right, Phil? Oh, I, I've, I've already written it in pen. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing of it is, is you know Patrick Mahomes going into 2018 had basically one game under his belt of mm-hmm. experience in the last game of the season of, of his rookie year. And, and Baker Mayfield will go into 2019 with a lot more experience than that. And so. Patrick Mahomes didn't have Odell Beckham. <laughs> the Browns got Odell. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I did say last year, though, that I thought Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback in that draft. Since we're back down the uh, Cleveland Browns road with Danny Cunningham here. Here we are. Um, do you, because of all the pain and anguish that you've suffered as a Browns fan. Uh-huh. So on the one hand, you have the excitement. And oh, yes. I couldn't smack that smile off your face right now if I tried. Nope. I would Not like to chance. try, but I couldn't even <laughs> right if I here, tried, buddy. I'm sure. <laughs> But is there a part of you that's going, okay, how do they how do they F this up now? Because no, they're they the Browns don't. and they're gonna they're gonna F it up. They are not gonna F it up. Really? Really. They're not gonna F it up. This is the the situation for Odell Beckham that's best sets him up for success. No, I, mean, I agree with you there. Because everyone wants to oh well, he's a big personality. Sure. What do we we say oh he's got these outbursts on the sidelines? Because he wants to win. Right. It, it's not for any other reason because you, if he's got those outbursts and they're winning, no one says anything. No, when I ask you that question, because I agree with everything you just said about Odell Beckham Jr., and I've said a number of times when we've talked about him and Antonio Brown and go down the list of diva wide receivers over the course of NFL history, and I've always said, I'll take that headache if Absolutely. it comes with that production. I'm, I'm glad. That 100%. I'm I'm not even talking about it from any sort of logical angle that I'm coming from here. I'll exactly. just say. There's not one. But, my whole life as a Cubs fan, whenever it looked like things were going good, I'd wait for things to go bad. They found a way. <laughs> <laughs> After they won the World Series. But they, they found uh, a way. The Browns are going to find a way, too. If, so, the city, if the city of Cleveland and the Chicago Cubs can find a way to both win titles in the same year, that's true. the Browns can win That's one. true, I but I, 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 I didn't believe that it was possible and, and neither until of those... they were celebrating on that mound. And... 
as if as if it was a message from the heavens up on up above Rajay Davis with the grand slam to put the Indians up in that game and I was like all right here, this is the other shoe dropping on my face two run home so, run to tie it there never should have been a rain delay but I don't want to talk about it <laughs> that would have been very interesting to watch the two of you in the same room of game 7 of the oh. 2016 world series that would have been a watch along of that would have been would have been a lot. But of I I did I always had that feeling when things were going good like the other shoe is going to drop any second now because I'm not allowed to be happy about my team. You don't have that with the Browns. You don't. There is not even an an inch or a second of trepidation with you that somehow some way they'll mess this thing up somewhere the, down the, the road. The only thing that could happen is Baker Mayfield could get injured. Do you have news we over there? We can't see that. Uh, Blake, I'm, I'm guessing it's the Blake Bortles. Uh, Blake Bortles yeah. has been released. Yeah. Oh, poor one out. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna throw that. I one feel, out. I feel terrible for for at Bortles facts on Twitter. Great follow on Twitter. Um, obviously, that's a, a huge loss to them. Blake Bortles just brought me so many memories in beating <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, and just uh, I feel bad for him. Blake Bortles, what a guy. The end of an era right now. The end of the Bortles era yeah, in Jacksonville. Wow. I don't think they'll Sad be that day. much better with Nick Foles. I don't know about you guys. I really, I just don't think they'll be that much better. And I'm, this is kind of the same thing I'm saying about the Browns. What? Yeah. How? Because I always, I see the Jaguars, and even when things get better, I go, well, they're going to get worse soon. They're the Jaguars. The Browns and Baker Mayfield. The Jags don't. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, I, dude. You're, the Jags don't have Odell Beckham. Again, you're using rationale. You're using logic. Yeah. I'm just going. That's what normal people do. <laughs> I think when are you normal? <laughs> I think the only thing that's going to keep the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this is a big thing, that's going to keep the Jacksonville Jaguars from being good or being better in 2019 is their head coach. Doug Marone, to me, is like, like I think they're a better team with Nick Foles than they are with Blake Bortles, mainly because Blake Bortles is just terrible. And Nick Foles, as we've seen, has the potential to be to be good in spurts at the very least. But... That I mean, Doug Marone. If Doug Marone's your head coach, it that just that just cripples you from that. Just that just that just limits your that limits your ceiling as far as how far you can go. And I know they made the AFC title game two years ago, but that just that situation is. If I'm a Jaguars fan, I like the Nick Foles signing, but I'm still not quite as optimistic because I'm not a believer in Doug Marone as a head coach. There That's are fair. just certain organizations in every sport who just based on their history, and I don't know if it's the city, I don't know if it's the uniform that they wear. And look, I've rooted for some of these teams in my life. I'm not saying this to crap on anybody. I've rooted I'm for just... those teams exclusively. <laughs> 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 but I just look at them, and whenever the arrow is pointing up for organizations like the Browns, like the Jaguars, I look at them and I go, it's just a matter of time before something goes wrong. It might not even be something that they do. There's some some force of nature, some coincidence, some accident that's going to happen. I'm not even going to name names because I don't want to jinx anybody or put a hex on anyone. I'm just saying there are certain organizations who you watch, and when things are going good for them, you're just waiting for it to go bad. And the Browns and the Jaguars are both that type of organization. You, you've just described the feeling of Vikings fans in NFC Championship games. <laughs> That's basically, I mean, everything from the last 20 years that the Vikings, the Vikings have played in four NFC championship games in the last 20, I guess, 21 years. And they've lost all four. And at this point, if the Vikings make the NFC championship game again, I think a lot of fans would just 
would be waiting for something to go wrong. Go ahead and read it, Danny. I know you it's, want to read it. I don't it. want to read that. It's the it's Odell Beckham's statement about joining the Browns. It's you just, want to read it. I, I already read it like five times. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be like your new like desktop. That should be your new profile pic on Twitter. Just that statement. That can't top LeBron's letter, the I'm coming home letter. That was amazing, too. (laughs) Like, last night was the second most excited. The one that Lee Jenkins wrote for him? It was a good letter. That that was awesome. Um, And also, Frank Caliendo doing it in Morgan Freeman's voice was terrific, That was great. That was awesome. That was outstanding. (laughs) Last night was, when this news broke, it was the second most excited I've ever been about a non, like, actual on-the-field thing. Ever. Oh, I'm sure it Behind is. Behind when LeBron went I believe back to the Cavs. And again, dude, I don't blame you. And I'm not rooting against them. I think they're a fun team, and I like a lot of the guys and personalities on that team. I just, I, I wait for the other shoe to drop when I see things going well for the Browns. I'm not rooting for it to drop. I'm just waiting for it to drop. Manny, it's funny you make that comparison between the Vikings and the Browns. This comes from the sports pundits. They tweet at Real D Cunningham. As a Vikings fan, I know they will always F it up somehow. <laughs> As a Browns fan, you should be infinitely more aware of this. Laughing face emojis followed that. The Browns have never effed it up with Odell Beckham Jr. on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Vikings haven't either. So, Or with John Dorsey or with Baker Mayfield. I get it, dude. Different names, different faces, different cast of new characters. Era. New, new era. era. I understand. But there is just something about that city and about that franchise. And I kind of hope that they break this because I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm a big Baker, Baker Mayfield guy. I'm a big OBJ guy. I'm a big John Dorsey guy. I hope they're on Hard Knocks again this year, even though I know oh, be that, that's not possible. They no, won't do it two years in a row. That would be so amazing, though. That would be great. They're- Who do you guys want to see on Hard Knocks, I, other than the Browns, because that's not possible, and uh, I believe franchises that have a first-year head coach, also not possible. But who do you guys want to see on there? Well, uh, how honestly, would you feel about the Vikings being on I was on just going to say, honestly, it would probably be the Vikings. I, I would like to see the Vikings just because of the content. Yeah. Like, I mean, for our job, yeah, it'd give us a lot of content and something to talk about uh, during during training camp. But and we could be at training camp and get some HBO time. That'd be great. Yeah, gets 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 his face on TV a little bit. I've also wanted a stand up special on HBO. That would be good <laughs> enough. Though. Um. I think I think the Raiders would be fun. Do the Vikings have the personalities to make Hard Knocks fun? Because I mean, no Kirk offense, Cousins to, just seems so boring. I was going to say Kirk Cousins, Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, all nice guys, but kind of vanilla personalities, wouldn't you say? Like, uh, I think Manny could speak to that better than you or I. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Stefan Stefan Diggs has got some personality. I think Stefan Diggs his Geico commercials are pretty funny. Yeah. I like his shoes. Of course you do. He, well, you're a big I, the way guy. his his cleats are designed every game is awesome. That's my favorite thing about the Vikings is Stephon Diggs' cleats. Well, and the other part of it too is we've already seen Mike Zimmer firsthand on on Hard Knocks when he was the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati. He has uh, quite the potty mouth, mm-hmm. as we all know, and uh, I think that would be fairly fairly entertaining if he's out there just dropping f bombs on on camera. But there is not a team more suited for hard knocks right now than the Cleveland Browns. When you're just talking about the personalities and entertainment oh, yeah. value yeah. between Mayfield and Beckham and, the, they're and America's Jarvis Landry and on, on the defense. I mean, you have and the Kareem Hunt story Kareem Hunt. is one to follow. Was, yeah. um, I mean, there are, there's no shortage of personalities there. Unfortunately, it just, it can't happen. But that's also why I think the Raiders would be kind of fun because you have the Gruden angle and you've got Antonio Brown now in the mix and, 
you know, Mike Mayock is, you know, the, the, the GM and he's got some personality from being on TV and everything too. So do they have any restrictions on if it's a first year GM? I know there's a restriction. A first year coach can't do it. Yeah. I don't know. I know that's against the rules, that's but an interesting question. I'm yeah. curious if there is a first year GM rule about it. I'm yeah, not that's sure. an interesting question. I'm not sure. Question. I, don't, I don't know. Because if so, obviously that would disqualify the Raiders. Right. Yeah. Another good question. Is there is there anybody left on your guys' free agent wish list for the Vikings, Danny? Not not for the Browns, but for um, the purposes of our, our jobs here in, in the Minnesota I, it, Vikings. Because today, I mean, you look at some of their needs and offensive line, that's been picked pretty clean already yeah. in free agency. There's a couple guys out there who might be able to help you, but they're they're older and and they're risky in terms of whether or not they'd come in here and be able to stay healthy and perform a few good running backs went off the board today and the Vikings are in the market for a backup running back. Where do you see the holes on this roster and do you see any opportunity to fill them in free agency? I, I think they need to start looking at skill position guys on offense. So to you're, try and, to you're try done and get, looking for offensive I've, linemen on the free agent market. Yeah, I mean there's just not what are what are the options? What are the options that they can realistically afford that and Mackie you know, was on guard watch today during Mackie and Judd with Rami. He actually <laughs> he had a list of guards who minus Judd, minus Judd. Yeah. Minus if you, if you're going to call it, it was if just you're... Mackie with Rami. Yes, yeah, there you go. That's all. I just I, I just think with with offensive linemen, it's a it's a big gamble if you're gonna if you're gonna pay a guy in free agency. And we've seen the Vikings have tried to do this in the past, and it hasn't always worked out. I mean they brought in Mike Remmers to be the right tackle and then the next thing you know you know two-thirds of the way into the, his first season as a right tackle he's playing guard and you know that ended up sort of being his demise as a Vikings player is that they put him in a position that he was not he was not very good at and you know we know about the Alex Boone signing that they made signing that they made a couple of years ago that just that was a complete disaster I, I think their best bet is to to if they're going to look for offensive linemen, do it in the draft. And, you know, there's still some free agents out there in the skill position spots that I think that could, they could. I mean, I've been saying this for weeks. You've got to give Kirk Cousins as many weapons as possible. And I know they need help on the offensive line. They need interior offensive linemen and everything. And that's that's a big thing, too. But you got to find him, a, I think, a third wide receiver slash second tight end. I mean, that I think that's every bit as important. So that when teams are trying to double down on on uh, Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins has another option in the passing game. And, and that could be a running back as well. I mean, you have Dalvin Cook, but Rami, you and I, we've talked about going and getting another uh, another running back to, to, to you know, complement Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. And if anything, if Dalvin Cook gets injured, you know, you have another you have another legitimate option that can step in. Today, Mark Ingram went off the went off the market. Yeah. Tevin Campbell went off the market, and, and that's and that's where I think you have to look at the Vikings and you have to say, okay, you, you brought you're bringing back Anthony Barr, but you gotta, I mean, names are going. You know, available free agents are falling. I mean, they're 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 going off. They're falling off your list. You're gonna have to do something. You have to make a decision on, you know cap situations that you're going to have to make you know trey waynes everson griffin what are you you got to decide what you're going to do with these guys because if you want to make any sort of noise in free agency if you want to sign anybody you got to make a decision on the guys that you have to free up some space and you know your quarterback needs 
as good as these these two wide receivers are and as good as Dalvin Cook can be if he's healthy, you need more for Kirk Cousins. You just do. Speaking of the uh, Vikings and the running back position, they just tweeted out. I saw this. A, a thank you video to Latavius Murray. One and minute, I, ten seconds long. A minute, and the first ten seconds is him running out of the tunnel. That's how few highlights they had of <laughs> Latavius Murray. There wasn't to much. Fill up to, this farewell video. There wasn't much to like. I think if you're that good or even beloved in Minnesota to get a farewell video on Twitter. I didn't think he was deserving of a farewell video. I feel like you have to have at least two minutes of highlights to have a legitimate. (laughs) Right. Am I fair in saying that? Yeah, Yeah, I I think so. You know, I I guess Latavius was a good locker room guy. and, And he did. I mean, in 2017, to his credit, he did step in in a situation where they lost Dalvin Cook. And, you know, they lost Dalvin Cook in week four against the Lions that year. And when that happened, there was the thought that the running game was just going to be a major, major problem for the rest of the year. And Latavius actually stepped in and did did a nice job in, in his absence. But, yeah, I I don't know if a thank you. I, I, I think a thank you is cool. I don't know if a thank you video a is really video? necessary. I think a graphic on Instagram would have worked. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just a graphic. Like just, a, just a still shot. Yes. Of like him carrying the ball in like a cool or action even position. That video and, of him running out of the tunnel just would have been a cool picture. Right. And That's just fine. say, thank you, Latavius. Thank you, Latavius. Boom. <laughs> Done. It, it kind of reminds me of, and Danny, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Remember when the, uh, remember when Dwight Howard went back to Atlanta as a member of the Charlotte Hornets mm-hmm. and the Atlanta Hawks played like a tribute video? For Dwight Howard with the Atlanta Hawks. And Dwight Howard played one season with the Atlanta Hawks. I wish, and not to stray too far away from the NFL and the free agent frenzy bonanza here, but I really wish Carmelo Anthony were actually in the NBA and on a team because I know the Atlanta Hawks would have put together a tribute (laughs) video for him after they traded for him and cut him before he ever got a uniform. They would have had some type of tribute video, and it would have been amazing. That would have been great. great. If they did one for Rasheed Wallace. Too, they did one, the one for, uh, played for them for OJ Mayo <laughs> when he came back to Milwaukee last year to watch a Bucks game. This is a dude who's who's. Oh, ten- I remember that. This is a dude whose tenure in Milwaukee ended with a drug suspension, <laughs> <laughs> and he came back. It's like Josh Gordon getting one in Cleveland. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, he came back as a guest of one of the owners and sat courtside, and they put an OJ Mayo tribute video up on the jumbotron. The juice at, at, then, at the then Bradley Center. Is there is there a uh, going back to football here, guys? Is there a free agent signing that you guys think is a little bit underrated or not not being talked about enough? That where you look at it and say. That's a really, really nice pickup for, you know, Team X or whatever. Is there anyone that kind of flew under the radar but kind of stood out to you like that's 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 a good move? Again, in the interest of full disclosure, I'll admit that my Bears fandom might be tainting my opinion here, but I really I'm really intrigued and I had this thought as soon as I saw him on the free agent list of Cordero Patterson yeah. in Matt Nagy's system because he comes from Kansas City and from the Andy Reid coaching tree where those guys in that system are notorious for knowing how to use these Swiss Army knife type of players and just finding a way to get the ball in their hands and letting them do what they do, which can be special things once they get the ball in their hands just on pure athleticism and talent. And Cordero Patterson is one of those guys who 
if 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 you can find a way to to integrate him into the system without asking too much from him, I think he can he can do some some really really nice things. Not that he's going to lead the league in receiving or rushing or touchdowns or anything, but just as far as the impact he can he can have and and making defenses game plan for one more thing. I think Cordero Patterson could be pretty dangerous in Chicago. One of my favorite ones is that uh, Michael Kendricks signed a four, $4 million deal to stay with the Seahawks for a year because, one, I found out that he's not currently locked up in prison. Um, and, two, I got to quote, good. The, yeah. quote the announcement and say, sound investment. It's really it's a good investment for <laughs> Seattle. Do you have one, Manny? Uh, I was looking at Tevin Coleman going to the San Francisco 49ers. I think that – that the connection with Kyle Shanahan there from you know the Atlanta days and everything I think is is a big part of that and it sounds like Shanahan was a big fan of Tevin Coleman when he was the coordinator in, in Atlanta yeah um, that could be a really nice nice pickup for you know and they're they're going to have Jarek McKinnon coming back off of off of his ACL so we'll see you know how he sort of bounces back but that I think that could be a sneaky good good pickup for San Francisco when they but get what are they Garoppolo doing with back. their running back situation because they got Brita they just gave McKinnon money last year and I think for- it's I think it's a three I think they're going to roll with a three-headed monster there I think that's what they're going to try a lot to of do. to feed in the backfield at one yeah. position yeah I know but I, I I think with Shanahan being as good an offensive mind as he is I think he'll find a way to make that is there Make that any, work and keep keep everybody happy. Is there anyone that you feel bad for after the first few hours of free agency in the last couple of days of the tampering like period? Because of who they signed with or because they're still unsigned? Just because of the situation that they are now in that they maybe weren't in prior to it. Somebody who I feel bad for. Because I've got one. You do? Yeah. Tell me who yours is while I try and think. Saquon Barkley. Because now he's going to have, he might break the record for most carries in a season. Because now they, Eli Manning cannot throw. They just got rid of their only good wide receiver what for, are the Giants for pennies doing? on the dollars. I explained to you today what the Giants are I doing. I know, Manny. but, this, but it, it's I made just, sense of all this for you. And Saquon Kevin Barkley Seifert. is so good. And now that part of we, it I can't make sense of. You know, you know, like the shelf life for running backs in the NFL, even the good ones. Now, you every once in a while you get an Adrian Peterson who is really good for a decade. And Saquon might be good for a decade, but... If you're the Giants and you're probably trying to tank now, do you really want to waste these first three, four years of Saquon Barkley's career where you're probably going to get the best out of him That's the one by aspect, being a terrible football team? That's the one aspect of what the Giants are doing that I, I can't understand or make, make sense because, like you just pointed out, Manny, if, if there is one position where a guy is truly wasted while you're going through a tank and rebuild – it's running back just because of the short shelf life that, that those guys have. So sure. the Saquon Barkley aspect of it, mm-hmm. I can't explain. And they should maybe just go ahead and put him on the market if they're really tanking and trying to tear this thing down. Because they drafted him with the idea that they were going to be good. Yeah. That's why, that's why they took him. Because that's why they signed Odell Beckham to an extension. Yeah. Like, and but I they, think they came to the realization over the last year that they're not going to be good anytime soon and so they're starting the teardown and when you start a teardown you trade your best assets in exchange for multiple assets and that's what they did with Odell Beckham Jr. They and fleeced. I know it looks stupid right now but that's not that doesn't mean that it won't look like a smart move or at least make sense to us six months from now the Raiders move of trading Khalil Mack is making a little bit more sense right now mm. and if you're the Giants and you're trying to tank 
Who better to have at quarterback than Eli Manning? He's the perfect guy to have at quarterback when you're tanking, and you can do it under the guise of we're just letting our Super Bowl-winning franchise quarterback go out on his own terms and ride off into the sunset rather than running him out of town. They're getting the best of both worlds. They're tanking and at the same time looking like a classy, respectful NFL organization who isn't pushing their Super Bowl-winning quarterback out of the door. And also catching a lot of flack for giving away... A generational receiver. Yeah, but you can't. You, you can't make moves based on how much flack you're going to catch. Again, they that, could have got. They should have gotten more for him. Should they have though? Yes, absolutely. They got scared because of the Antonio Brown situation. They got scared, and the price went down because of that. They should have gotten more for Odell Beckham than a guy that struggled for a year, played relatively well last year in Jabril Peppers. A third round, dra- a late third round draft pick. It's the Patriots pick, so it's not as mm-hmm. if it's the Browns pick. That's even in the middle. It is the New England Patriots third round draft pick, and number seventeen. Like the Browns will be done paying for Odell Beckham after the draft is over. Yeah, in a sense, I can see that. But they could take their own pick and seventeen and move up and get that franchise quarterback. They might be. I mean, their own picks at six. They might be able to get them at six regardless. Whether that's Kyler Murray so, or Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins yeah. when you're doing when you're doing what the Giants are now doing and and what the Raiders were doing when they traded Khalil Mack, you're just trying to stockpile assets. And whether those assets are players who will eventually be productive for you, or players who you'll just end up trading again, or whether it's draft picks, you just want to gather up as many assets as you possibly can while you're losing games and getting the highest draft pick that you can get. And I think that's where the Giants are at right now. The timing is unfortunate because a year ago, this wasn't the situation that they thought that they were in, but they've, they've come to their senses, in a sense, in my eyes, and now realize that, th- look, even with all these guys that we're talking about, including Odell Beckham Jr., five of the last six seasons have been losing seasons for the New York Giants. So mm-hmm. all these names and all this money that they were spending obviously wasn't adding up to wins, so... To me, they're taking the right course, and it's hard It's hard to get value for a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. when a year into his contract you realize that might have been a mistake. We should have probably traded this guy last year and started this process, but you can't operate on what should have happened or what you should have done. You can only operate on where you are now, and right now the Giants are in a position where they probably should tear down and rebuild, and that starts with trading Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe they should have gotten a little bit more for him, I'll 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 grant you that, but as far as the course that they're taking, I think I think they're taking the right course, wouldn't you agree? I mean, they're taking the right course, but they should have gotten more. Their rebuild should have gotten off to a stronger start than it did. I'll I'll concede that. I'll grant you that. That maybe, they maybe should be rebuilding, but it should have gotten off to a stronger start than it has. Maybe there was a little bit more out there on the trade market if they waited it out and made teams bid against each other for Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled they didn't. But I, I also think that even though I don't even though I don't believe it, I think that the 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 stigma around Odell Beckham Jr. is real, and that probably scared off some teams who who the Giants contacted and said, "Hey, you have any interest in our All Pro wide receiver?" And they went, "Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. We don't want to deal with that headache." I think a guy that I feel for right now, and it's not a guy that's signed with anybody, but he was just released today, is Eric Berry. I, this was a guy that was a really, really good football player, and then he had the, you know, the lymphoma thing that he had to deal with, and you know, just the last couple of years since he's been back, he's been dealing with 
with injuries and everything too. And, you know, and I'm a little biased cause he's a former Tennessee fall, but, um, yeah, I, 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 he's, if there's a guy that I, to answer your original question, Rami, about, you know, that I kind of feel bad for, it's, it's probably Eric. It's actually Danny's question. I didn't even have an answer oh, yeah, for yeah. Eric's question yeah, until sorry. just now. And I'm going to bring it home and say that the, uh, the guy I feel kind of bad for is Kirk Cousins. Why? Because you did nothing to help him and make him better, and that's exactly what he I don't he feel needs. bad for that man one bit. Did you see the contract he signed last year? Well, yeah, but I'm just talking about... I don't about, feel bad for him at all. I'm talking about from a football standpoint and people leaving his mentions alone, which is going to take him winning some football games. So As long as he puts the right steaks on the grill and he's on vacation, <laughs> he'll be okay. Kirk will be okay. They, did, they didn't add any offensive linemen. They didn't add any skill position players around him. Kirk Cousins is in exactly the same position that he was in when he got here a year ago, which is people expecting him to be the savior and carry this football team to some sort of success, certainly better than an 8-7-1 and one season that they had last year. And I think I personally think that they were asking, I don't know that the Vikings were, but the perception and from fans were asking too much from Kirk Cousins last year. Oh, he's the Vikings not, were too, though. He's... I think the Vikings understood that he wasn't a savior quarterback. He's not a guy who's going to come in. Did they though? I think so. Yeah. Early in the season, it did not. It did not seem like it. I think I, the Vikings early in the season, it it felt like they were asking him to do a lot more than what he was capable of, and they were to, paying him to, to do, do a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that they they brought him because the problem is they brought him in and they paid him the money, and we we understand that he was the top guy in the market at that position so you you had to pay him but they had to understand who he was and who he had been as a quarterback for all of those years in Washington and they did not put the right, they did not put him in the right situation the right they did not you know give him the right coordinator they did not give him a good enough offensive line to for him to to maximize his ability and we saw it, I, and I think that they went into last season with the idea of we're paying this guy. You know, we're he's an upgrade over over Case Keenum, and we're just going to plug him in, and he's going to get us over the hump, and he's gonna he's going to be an upgraded quarterback, and we're going to be good and set to go. Without really understanding that you've got to sur- you've got to have him in the right offensive system, and you've got to have a certain amount of talent around him for him to be. Successful. That's exactly what I'm saying. There are there are some quarterbacks who are so good that it almost doesn't matter what they're surrounded by. They'll do it themselves if they have to. There are some quarterbacks that are so bad that it almost doesn't matter what you surround them with. They're going to be bad, and so are mm-hmm. their franchises. And then there's everybody else in the middle. And this is really where most quarterbacks fall, that they're good, and if you put the right pieces around them and put them in the right situation and the right scheme... They can be great, and they can carry their teams to great things, but if they're not in the right situation or surrounded by the right people, then they're bad, and their team is also going to be bad. And that's what Kirk Cousins is. He's one of those guys in the middle who has to be in the right situation with the right pieces around him to get the most out of him and the most for your organization. I think the Vikings looked at last year in the offseason. They went, we're this close to a Super Bowl. We were literally this close to a Super Bowl this year. Our defense is Super Bowl caliber already. Mm-hmm. We have weapons on offense. Let's just go get that franchise quarterback and put him in here. 
and these other pieces around him will complement him. Then the defense wasn't as good as it was last year. Dalvin Cook gets hurt again, and things sort of start to go bad, and Kirk Cousins is the fall guy for all this, when I don't really know that he should be. Not that he was great. He had some problems, especially with ball security, but I don't know that he was a lot worse than what you should have expected from Kirk Cousins coming into the season. He wasn't supposed to carry him. The defense was. I think people forget that because of the price tag that's on Kirk Cousins, but it was still the backbone and the strength of this football team going into last season was the defense, and that defense wasn't playing at the level that it was a year earlier. They need to help Kirk Cousins and put him in a better position to succeed, and maybe the coaching will do it, but as far as players go and for the purposes of Danny's question of who do you feel badly for after the first three days of free agency – kind of feel bad for Kirk Cousins because he's still going to be the fall guy even though they've done nothing to really make him better next season and make that offense better next season. Just needs better code words. <laughs> and we'll end it on that note. That's Danny Cunningham and that's uh, Manny Hill. I'm Rami Makloff. <laughs> this has been our football free agency frenzy bonanza on scorenorth.com and across all our social media platforms. It's at S-K-O-R North. We'll talk to you next time. Awesome. Where we go about an hour? Nice. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.